Bam 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 Welcome back, everyone, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I don't know what's happening with my mouth. I'm Misty. <laughs> You're talking. I'm Lisa. Is that what we call it? We call it talking. We also call this the weekly beef. Ba, 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 ba. That's a weird cow noise. Oh, really? I was thinking it was... Welcome, if it's your first time. Joining us. Go back. Go this, back. Listen, the, go, go back. There's room on the raft. There was totally room on the raft we for Jack. We have to go back, Kate. We have Kate. to go back. Do you remember that from Lost? Ugh. Yeah. And Such also, amazing. Um, do you remember uh, from Contact, Jodie Foster? I'm okay to go. Okay. Okay to go. Okay to go. I once spent a week with her <gasps> on set, and it was all I could do to not just be like, are you okay are you to go? Okay to go. <laughs> It would be all it took for me not to go, okay, Dr. Lecter. Oh, no, no. I go, hello, Jody. Hello. Anyway, Jody. so the point is, everybody, uh, some episodes are full book reviews. Every other episode is a full book review, but this is the weekly beef. That's it's right. our time for supplemental material. To be goofed. Goof Town, because, you know, on normal Full Frontal Fridays, we are serious as fuck. Yeah. Goof City, USA. Welcome. <laughs> Population three. Two. And Whoops. building. Sav, I for, I, Sav is serious. Yeah, Sav doesn't Goof laugh. He, I've never seen him smile. It's quite Goof intimidating. Troop. Goof Troop. Goof Troop. Um, that sounds like the next Disney movie. I'm going to sell it. I'm Thank gonna, you. I think, I, I think I, they just bought it in the room. I'm going to give you um, all of your ideas just based off of title. <laughs> Thank you so much. Here's one. Sounding board. Oh, yeah. It's about no. <laughs> oh, Lisa's referencing you. Lisa's referencing two. Lisa's referencing you. <laughs> Too many episodes ago, we did an article about cuffing season. And Lisa was like, what's cuffing? It sounds like sounding. And then she refused to tell us what sounding was on air because it was too dirty. So she told us off air and it's gross. Do not Google it. Except you're just really making them want to Google it. Don't Google it. But you're making them want to Google it. You did this to us, Lisa. Yeah, I Everyone, did. Lisa's at It's Linky on Instagram <laughs> if you want to send her a strongly worded Instagram message. Anyway, we do supplemental material yeah. on the Weekly Beef, yeah. articles, guests, trivia, although we haven't done trivia in a really long time, and that's always a good time. Here's a piece of trivia. What's sounding? <laughs> Is it A, um, listening, <laughs> B, a horrifying and painful <laughs> sexual act, or C, um, singing with you no know, vowels. It's not huh? horrifying and sexual to the people who are in that community. I'm sorry. I just imagine it to be very painful. Sure. That's all. Anywho. Anywho. Today. Welcome. We cuss. That's Lisa. I miss you. This go help yourself. Bye. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> okay. So before we dive in, um, Sav... Gave me homework. Yes. He was a guest presenter on All About Love, parts so one good. and two. Ugh. So good. Sav, you did such a good job. Honestly, I'm just going to fire myself, and then you two can do the podcast. I was going to fire be... myself. Oh, Sav's taking Sav, over. Sav, enjoy your solo podcast. Um, Sav assigned me homework yes. that I have put off and put off because it's really 
scary. Okay. Homework. I'm glad that you are aware of why you put it off. Yes. Um, so Sav assigned me the homework of making a list mm-hmm. of what I want and need in a partner. I remember that. And then evaluating my past partners and if they met those needs or not or how many of those did they meet or not. Also, you self-assigned buying yourself flowers. I remember that. Yes, I did. I didn't do that either. You, It's been, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm was, doing my best. It, it was not a j'accuse. <laughs> it was a je remember. It was a je remember. Um, I let myself, I've been compartmentalizing a few things the last few weeks just to survive, which yeah. I, I do think is a self uh, a form of self-care yeah. and self-love. And uh, for me, I just try to make sure that I eventually, within a couple of weeks' time, set set aside time to journal about what yeah. I've been going through or feeling or let myself cry. It's funny. I actually let my, I finally let myself have a good cry a few days ago. And I was getting right to the apex, right to where the tears are like big and fat and warm and heavy. And it was just all going. And I was like, oh, great. This will be such a release. And then there was an earthquake and it shook my whole apartment and it scared the shit out of me. And uh, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm done crying. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, so I've been compartmentalizing a little bit and um, just doing what I need to do to meet deadlines and and survive. Which is fine. Which is great. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Like what is, just for example, like what is one thing that you think is a need that you have? Well, so here's, but I did think about the homework. I just didn't sit down and make a list. So here's the one big thing that I realized, which I don't think was necessarily an intention of the homework. Um, Sometimes what I'm drawn to in a partner is the opposite of what I actually need. So, uh, a long time ago, we had Heather Bland on, and we did the Clifton Strengths sure Assessment, the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment, and we learned that one of my top strengths is developer, and yours is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my fourth. Oh, your fourth. Okay, mm-hmm. my like top strength is developer. I love to develop people, help mm-hmm. them develop. It's part of the reason we have a self help podcast yeah. in the first place, and it's been going for so long, and um um. You know, so I'm really drawn to people that need some development. And in that, sometimes, and I'm I'm talking about like a few past partners, mm-hmm. I end up with people that maybe don't step up in the way that I wish that they would. Isn't that interesting? It's a cool awareness. It's a cool awareness. So um, it was a really powerful exercise, even though I just let myself scratch the surface and I truly am planning to sit down um, and do that. But it just seems like that could be a really emotionally intense moment of reflection, of looking back and being like, oh, my God. Or it might it be could. exciting to be like, oh, I have chosen people who meet a lot of great needs of mine. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it could. I also, you know, I wonder if there's any value to doing the exercise without in, in one sitting without looking at past relationships. Right. Just right? Pu- just being like, what do I need right now? And I th- I think the other thing is like it it was hard for me not to go in and start judging myself about who I pick or who I stay with or, you know, those sorts of things. 
But at the same time, I have to remember, like when I got into my last long-term partnership, I was 25. I was a totally different person than I am now. So like needs yeah, change. They totally need, do. So it, it is a little bit, you have to sort of do this with a grain of salt of being like, right. But like when I was 22 yeah. and dating someone in college, yeah, like, you know. I, I mean, I thought about that homework and I know it wasn't assigned to me, but I was thinking like, for me, I once, once I made a list and kept it in my wallet and like walked around with it because... You know, it was that whole, like, if you can't see it or write it down, mm-hmm. like, how will you notice right, it? Right, and, right, right, You know, for me, I feel like m- my partner, for me to feel comfortable, I definitely have, they have to have a sense of humor. Like, yes, that is. Yes, that is, that is. I cannot explain jokes. I've been on dates where I had to explain jokes and. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, like, really brutal. Um, they need to be I used to think they needed to be like independent but now I really need them to be self-sufficient yes I I have been in relationships where I am the person who's responsible for getting everything done yeah and that puts me into an old pattern that I'm not comfortable with yes so I need them to be funny I need them to be or have a sense of humor they don't have to be funny but they have to have a sense of humor they have to be self-sufficient I really would like them to be independently good at what they do on their own that's yes. separate from me yes ideally in another industry yes um, but you mean uh, you don't want them being like hi can you read my sketches and give me feedback that I'm actually fine with but I just want I I, I had a relationship where they were so con con what's the word convinced that they were a piece of shit Oh, uh uh-huh. And I did not, I could not, I I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, you can't carry that load. That's a lot. And they need to be self-aware. Yeah. They have to have done some kind of work, whether it's through like a 12-step program or therapy. Emotionally intelligent would be really important to me too. Yeah. And I think I could even take a little less emotional intelligence if there was emotional awareness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If they can say, I'm mad and I don't know what to do with it, I will take that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, not everybody, it's a privilege to afford therapy. Yep. I recognize my privilege in that sense. Absolutely. But I, I think those things are kind of, those have stayed pretty constant for me. And do you feel like you've chosen never partners? Never. Isn't that interesting? Well, I haven't dated in forever mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it took me a long time to get over my toxic relationship yes but I'm such a different person now like yeah I don't doubt that I would be closer to the mark yes you right know? right and what you're probably, willing to tolerate probably why I don't date yeah that's a it's a tall order it's a tall order sad sadly yeah it's a tall order yeah <clears throat> it's tough trying to date when people are like, so what are your hobbies? And I'm like, I have a self-help podcast. <laughs> Maybe, but also like, I just feel that the mask of masculinity yes. in this country is a disservice to everyone. Yeah. And I'm not interested in it. Agreed. I'm not interested Agreed. in it. So Thank you for that perspective. And Sav, thank you for that really thought-provoking homework. Yeah, it was great. So anyway, moving on, Lisa. Yes. You have a thought-provoking question. Today I have a je provoque, you which do. is a thought-provoking question. And it's in advance of next week's episode, which we've never done before. 
What's next week's episode? I'm blowing your mind. The book that's going to be coming out. I'm giving us a thought-provoking question. Before this book. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, a, a je provoke. Lisa has prepared this. I've never heard it. So on the spot... We're going to talk about it. Why do you, why do you have a shit-eating grin on your face? <laughs> no, I just face? giggle with you because I miss you. We haven't been in here in forever. I think instead of us having, like, a, you answer, then I answer, I would love for this to be more of a discussion. Great. And, Sav, if you want to uh, jump in, feel free. And if you don't, also fine. Um, but I thought about this after um, reading it in this book that I'll be covering, and um, I wanted to ask this question of you and just talk a little bit about it. Great. Okay. Misty, what's the difference between diversity and inclusion? Oh, what a great question. Yeah. Inclusion to me sounds like an active, uh, like an action. Yeah. And diversity to me sounds like a state of being. Yes. So like if a, if a, uh, a classroom mm-hmm. has diversity or is diverse, mm-hmm. that is um, that feels like just something that exists versus uh, inclusion sounds like we are actively thinking about how to include more people, who's in the yes. room, yes. that sort of thing. You know, my my sister and, and education some, inclusion is a big topic. Yes, and and particularly over the holiday season, she and um her friend Liz of Teach and Transform and a a bunch of other teachers were very vocal about decentering Christmas in classrooms mm-hmm. because especially in America, we take it for granted that like most people must celebrate Christmas. So teachers put up Christmas decorations or have secret Santas or play Christmas music. And it's like, well, you're not being inclusive, right, of all of the different religions and cultures and, you know, that sort of stuff. And atheists. And atheists, yeah. You know, like I I have friends who are of the Baha'i faith, Judaism, atheism, you know, so many different beliefs. So I I mean, what do you think? Um, Sav, do you have a thought? I really like that. I, I agree with what Misty said. Yeah. I feel like it's um come over to the mic. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh diversity yeah, is is the actual, I guess, uh sort of factual who's in the room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Versus that inclusion feels like yeah, that act about making everyone feel welcome. There. Yes, yes, yes. It was, feels it feels yeah. like diversity could be the result of inclusion. Interesting. Yes. And it feels like inclusion should it, just because there's diversity doesn't mean there's inclusion. Yes. That's, I feel like sometimes like, you know, like tokenism, right? Yes. Or like just having uh-huh. someone in the room for the sake of it doesn't actually mean that you're welcoming that person. Right. Yes. We've got one woman on staff, right. so we must be. That's my two cents. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So next week I'm covering Small Doses by mm. Amanda Seals. And I have waited for this book and I love her. Oh, she has an amazing, amazing podcast and a lot, um, everything is kind of coming out of her uh, podcast and it's great. We'll cover a lot of the chapters, but she covered this and it changed the way I thought about it. Great. And I will say that I thought like you, inclusion felt like an act and right. diversity felt like a state of being. Yeah. And the way that she presented it has completely fundamentally changed the way that I see it. Oh, lay it on me. Yeah. So, her basically her proposal and, and the way that she views it is that diversity is when there is a non 
white male um, presence, right? When you actively work to make sure that the predominant um, viewpoint isn't just white male. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't just, but if you if you have one person of color or one woman or one queer person well she splits it up still even more predominantly be right right right. but at least like there's diversity right but she separates it out even more and i i don't have the book in front of me and so we can clarify a little bit but we can talk about it when i when i cover it next week but she clarifies even a little more by saying that when you say there's a woman on staff is that diverse is that diversity and she takes the stance that no, it's not. Mm-hmm. That having female or white, um, n- you know, a, a white non-binary, you know, on st- right, like that. Truly, diversity is for people of color. Got it. Yes. And that things, and she says it very eloquently, so we'll cover it. But inclusion is for including people who are white and also happen to be representative of other groups. Oh, interesting. And that she distinguishes those ways. And so it really kind of made me think about it differently because, you know, in Hollywood, I, (laughs) there's a lot of quote unquote diversity, but it might be women over 40. It might be people Uh who are not a size zero. It might be people who are in wheelchairs. But when she sorted it out like that, I was like, no, that's inclusion, right? Right. Making sure that it isn't just this one figure that we see when we think of this one able-bodied white white male. Okay. White Christian, right? Do you know what I mean? Right, right. And so diversity is truly for people of color. So is it basically like it's inclusion if we are saying if we're going off of uh an assumption of whiteness and power yes. which it is yes. 99.999% yes. of situations. So inclusion could be lots of different things but as long as they're white that's inclusion. Yeah. And it doesn't become diversity until the skin color actually changes. Yes. Okay. And I thought that was so interesting. That's, that is really interesting. Because it's really I think for those of us that also um fit into a different quote unquote box. Yeah. Right. That we feel when we see ourselves represented, that is diversity. Yeah. But truly, since whiteness is the predominant way privilege, of being yeah. and privilege, yeah. um I, I I liked that way of thinking. And I think I was gonna kinda maybe try to align that in my own mind. Uh, Yeah, totally. I guess I wonder what happens when you start putting a really intersectional lens on it. Does the definition morph or become more nuanced in any way? Because if you are, say, a trans white woman with a disability, so you've just, you're at the intersection of three different layers Mm -hmm. Right. Of oppression or mm-hmm. um, a struggle. You will benefit from inclusive practices, um, strategies, procedures, uh, etc. Because you are white. Right. Okay. But you do not necessarily represent 
diversity in the room from yeah. this lens, from yeah. what, what she was saying. Got it. And I thought that was a really smart way to distinguish it because right now the words are kind of interchangeable. And like you were talking about saying, in education. Say, framing it in the way of benefiting from helps me because yes. I'm sitting here going like, well, you know, there's so much relevance in a perspective that's got those three intersecting or more, you know, points of view. But when you're saying like, oh, no, you you still benefit from X, Y, Z, that's an, that helps to clarify. Yeah. And I think to think about, you know, where we put diversity in practice isn't necessarily in intersectional fe- feminism. Mm-hmm. If we're thinking about intersectionally, we're already thinking about different people, right? Uh-huh. But if you're thinking about where diversity typically comes into place, it's at the workplace, it's in education, it's when we formulate, mm-hmm. you know, boards and groups and, you know what I mean, we're yeah. putting people together. Yes. So thinking about diversity as different people is not good enough. Yeah. So we really want to have different it's races be represented. Of color. Yes. Yeah. And then we can be inclusive to make sure that we're not just all straight men. Yeah. Black and white and brown, right? Yes. But we can have people who are differently abled, people who are, you know, immigrants, people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's inclusive. That, so that blew my mind. That nuance, I think, is really important. And I think a lot of white people interchange the two frequently. Yeah. Because from our perspective, yes. they work interchangeably. But I think perhaps if I were a person of color, I would see the distinction much more quickly. And so for her writing that, I, yeah, I really Yeah, and I, I could see how if you are actively being inclusive versus um, really paying attention to diversity, you could end up with people with a lot of different life experiences but a room full of white people. Room full of white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of times, like you were talking about the tokenism, a lot of times I do see I do see. Uh, in companies I have worked for where they're like, well, this is diverse. This is a person who is um, a, a homosexual. This is a person who is trans. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but they're rich and white. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's not mm-hmm. a lot of... I've worked with a lot of rich white women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of diversity, truly diversity. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so that was interesting. We'll no, talk more about you, it next thank week. Thank you so much. And thank you to Amanda Seals for yeah. being able to put words to that. And I'm super psyched Yeah, the book for is that book. I, I, I love it. I bet. Oh, my God. Um, That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I don't have a joke to crack. That was just cool. Great. And with that, life, life is, is abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.